0: Welcome. I'm Riley Karsh. I'm Tova Copan.
1: We are thrilled to bring you the We Go Boldly podcast.
0: Let's talk big burning questions, life changes, and maybe a bit of personal business.
1: Let's be bold and brave together. Are you ready? I am. Here comes the show. Hello, and welcome to We Go Boldly, the podcast. I am your co-host, Riley. I'm here with my amazing, fantastical co-host Tova, and we are getting into the home stretch of season eight. Uh, Today we have something a little different to talk about, which I'm excited about, but we're still focusing on unlocking what is holding you back. Before I dive in, uh, let me say hello to Tova and welcome her to the show as I always do. How are you today, Tova? What's shaking?
0: Well, let me tell you. Speaking of what we're going to speak about today, um, yesterday, I don't know if it was because of lack of sleep or Mm -hmm. super poor air quality or a uh, field trip with children, but (laughs) I I got home from the field trip and I was like, I'm going to put my pajamas on. And then I ended up like basically sleep. I mean, I got my kids fed, but basically slept off and on for like three hours. Oh my goodness. yeah. I know. And it was kind of amazing. And I had um, – I woke up at 8, or I, like, kind of made myself get up at 8. Like, finally around, like, I don't know, about two hours into it, the boys were like, get off the couch and go to your bed because this is annoying. <laughs> and that was fair. That was fair. Because I also had told them because of the air quality, I was like, just stay inside. Like, I'm fine with you guys not being outside playing. Like, mm-hmm. video games and TV for everyone today. Um, and so, anyway – I was sure that I would not be able to sleep last night because I basically took a two to three hour nap. Right. Um, but I was able to sleep, which just indicated to me how much I needed that rest.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Field trips (laughs) with children are like mind-blowingly exhausting just like yeah. traveling with children or like doing any large activity. Well, and I will say we
0: went to we went to Ellis Island, so there it was traveling with children. There were like boats yeah. involved. Yeah. And uh and we went to the Statue of Liberty, and this is a a big big exciting field trip for our elementary school and the 3rd graders who I was with, um, but the 3rd graders 2 years ago when my oldest was a 3rd grader didn't get to go cuz of COVID. Right. And so Um, he and a number of the older siblings, there were probably 10 to 12 older siblings, like fifth graders now came with the third graders. Um, And so that was fun, but also like a different dynamic because I had two children that don't have the same friend group. Right. (laughs) Like like their older friends are not like, they're not siblings. They're not friends with siblings essentially. And Mm -hmm. so, uh, but we all figured it out and it was great. And I, I just have to say that like, so I took the day off. There's a point to all of this, but like a lot of times when I do stuff like this, I really won't take the day off. I'll just be working in between and I would have come home and pulled up the laptop and tried to work and just powered through. Right. And I took yesterday off. And so last night, while there certainly was work that I could have done, a variety of work for a variety of reasons, I was like, no, like I took the day off. So I'm going to take the day off. And so- I had, um, my book with me, but I ended up just really like drifting off to sleep. And it was delightful to be able to give myself permission to do that. Mm-hmm. And I've realized it's something I need to do more often. Yes. To rest,
1: to right? rest <laughs> and to rest
0: for, it felt like, and I know the, the woman behind the nap ministry, whose name I'm blanking on right now, cause I wasn't planning on saying her name, mm-hmm. um, You know, she talks about resting for rest sake and not be so that you're energized for the next day. And I think I was really doing that because I knew that there was a good chance I was going to sabotage my night's sleep, which would have messed up today and would have messed up this whole weekend because I'd be spending the whole weekend like playing catch up on the night that I ruined. And I was like, yeah, no, I don't care. I just really want to like let myself be tired. We also had a baseball game canceled because of air quality. So like this whole evening opened up. Right. And so that's kind of why we were able to do it. And so anyway, um, it really did remind me of like setting those boundaries. And, you know, I probably could have sat there with a computer on my lap, but I would have sat there for like four hours with a computer and I probably would have done a solid maybe 45 minutes worth of work. Yeah and it's, it's something that I need to really work on. And I think we're going to be talking about some of this today, which is like setting boundaries so that we can keep going and also recognizing when we need rest.
1: Yeah. And that rest, rest is not laziness, right? Like that, that's something that culturally we don't really recognize that rest is actually like a human need. (laughs) Yeah. And like, just physically, if nothing else, I mean, lots of other things too, but like you have to rest your body. And if you go and go and go until you can no longer function, then you are, you know, risking burnout. You're risking mental and emotional anguish. You're risking all kinds of things. And so learning to rest in an appropriate way for your being is I think essential to, to holistic wellness. Right. Um, So today, speaking of all of that, we are going to talk about, um, I guess it's a little bit of a new, (laughs) it's like an old new venture for for me and a new sort of crossover for Go Boldly. And so we are soon um, relaunching um, an organization that I formed in 2018 called Moms Running, And when I formed this organization, the goal with, you know, and I had a partner at the time who is no longer involved. And at the time, the goal was to help moms learn how to run for political office and, you know, expand advocacy for moms in politics. And so we, you know, we built that business and we worked on it and we did lots with a lot of different folks and it was wonderful. And then COVID hit. And I took a little bit of a break from that. And now Tova and I have talked about it and we are sort of integrating it into our own work, but we're giving it a twist. So we're going to, we're going to focus on coaching women and moms in particular who are either involved in politics in some way or who are involved in advocacy. And if you've been listening to us, you know that we are ourselves advocates, we work towards social justice and equal rights as often as we physically and mentally can. Um, you know, and we obviously make mistakes and fall down along the way, but we do work pretty hard to to focus on those things in our lives. And um and I was in uh, political office for a while. And then I stepped down to help uh, grow the business that we're growing now and to focus on my kids who, you know, it was COVID and they just, they needed my attention. Um, and so, you know, I have a fair bit of experience in politics and in advocacy as does Tova, And so we are going to expand our coaching to help women who are either in those you know in the polit- political world or in uh the world of social justice and advocacy because there is a tremendous need for support and for a network of women and people who are available to help when you reach that point of burnout and you reach the point of overwhelm and you reach the point of struggling to to get through it because the reality is both being in politics and being in um, any kind of advocacy role is exhausting mm-hmm. and it is mentally taxing and it is physically taxing. And so if you don't have a support system in place to help you navigate that and to either prevent burnout or deal with it when you're experiencing it, um, you're really going to struggle. And I, I speak from personal experience on that. So let's talk about you know, what all of this means and how we're going to move it forward and what it's going to look like all those fun things.
0: Yeah. Well, and I just want to circle back for a minute and, and highlight what you're saying um, or what we're talking about. Like the re there's a reason that this is a conversation to have during our, you know, unlocking what holds us back conversation, because I think that Well, a couple of things happen that prevent people from getting engaged in politics, right? Um, Some of it is imposter syndrome, but some of it goes back to those feelings that we've talked about where like, yeah, you feel like an imposter for a reason. Right. And um, there may not be space for, or you may not feel like there's space for you. And there's also a variety of um, times where just the feasibility of doing something. I mean, if you are a parent and you want to participate in activism or in politics um, you need a support group or you need a way to figure out how to do it while um, also parenting, because it sounds, you know, things take meetings. You have to go to meetings in person and right. um, you know, like I think a lot open to some people when everything was on zoom for a while. And so, you know, some of what we're going to talk about, not just today, but in the whole, you know, relaunch of, of moms running is, you know, how do we make sure that these places are places that are welcoming for parents and moms particularly, but then also, you know, I think that at least over the last eight years, um, this has all been very exhausting And I recognize that for a large, like large portion of our population, it's been exhausting for a lot longer than eight years. Yeah. And, um, so I don't mean to imply that this is only a new thing that, that this is exhausting and living in our country is exhausting. Um, so a, there are people to learn from who have Mm -hmm. continued to be activists for 40 and 50 years and their whole lives. And they are passing down generational baton of activism from one generation to the next. So, you know, we are not the experts on that. That There are people there who have yep. been doing this for centuries, frankly. Um, but I would say that in the last eight years, obviously it's touching a lot more lives. Um, and, and it feels... Um, Like, there's this sense of uh, panic. (laughs) Urgency, right? Urgency. That's the word I'm looking for. Yeah. And so where, you know, every election feel – like, in the past, I don't think many midterm elections were called, like, the most important election of our generation. Mm. And now it's, like, every election. And and we're seeing that at the levels of school board meetings and and town council elections where – This election is incredibly important for our town because of X, Y, or Z, or, you know, a candidate not reflecting the changing demographic of the community or whatever it is. And so where in the past, at least if you were focused on politics or presidential candidates, there was downtime, there isn't anymore. And so I think one thing that can hold people back is they were engaged, they were pushing ahead. And now they just want to take a break, and they don't know how to take a break, yeah, or what to do. And then I also think, just to to kind of pile on up about another thing that calls us back is, um, I think empathy can be exhausting, and I or I should say, I know empathy can be exhausting. <laughs> yes, yes. And it, and it's it's exhausting if you don't know how to set boundaries. Right. I think that's and- the biggest key to what
1: you're saying is is being able to set boundaries appropriately is what sort of holds some of that exhaustion at bay
0: yeah because it's um my recommendation is not to get rid of empathy no no (laughs) right like that is that is not what we're trying to do here is to get rid of empathy what we want to do is set boundaries so that um you know we can go to sleep at night and i think riley and i have both been in the world and been like we have to do more we have to do more Mm -hmm. How, like, how dare I even go to sleep? How dare I even like spend time and laugh with my kids when something is going on right now? And, and yet you have to, you have to do those things. And so this is something, you know, I don't, I don't think we can just encourage people to participate in politics and activism without also helping them um, and providing guidance on how to set those boundaries and figure out a way through so that you can keep doing it 20 or 25 years from now.
1: Right. That's that's exactly right. Um so let's take our first break and then when we come back we'll do a little definitions, we'll talk about some of the background
0: here and um keep going. So we'll be right back everyone. Tova here. I'll admit when I think of a coach I immediately think knee high socks, whistles and clipboards. Is it because I love Ted Lasso? Maybe. I mean,
1: I think it's a good look for you if I'm being honest.
0: Thanks, I think. Anyway, that's not the kind of coaching we want to talk to you all about. True. We are talking about life and transition coaching, though I do still love a clipboard and a tube sock. Both Riley and I are lucky to have worked with incredible coaches throughout our lives.
1: Before that, though, we struggled with where to start believing in what coaching could really do for us, and of course, putting ourselves first.
0: Taking the leap and working with our coaches made all the difference. They gave us direction and support when we needed it most.
1: Now we are fortunate enough to be coaches ourselves,
0: and we're excited to pay it forward. We can help you figure out where to start, create a roadmap, keep you accountable, and get to living your limitless life. Sounds pretty great. So if you want to figure out your next steps,
1: check out our services at GoBoldlyInitiative.com slash services.
0: We can't wait to talk to you. Now, back to the show.
1: All right. So welcome back to the show. Um, Before we took a break, I mentioned that we should do a few definitions because, you know, we love words and we love definitions. So... um, while this whole episode is not about burnout, and we've talked about burnout extensively in other episodes, I do want to define it so that we kind of understand where we're coming from um, when we're talking about women in these particular fields. So according to the World Health Organization, burnout is a syndrome resulting from workplace stress that has not been successfully managed. It's characterized by three dimensions, feelings of energy depletion or exhaustion, increased mental distance from one's job or feelings of negativism or cynicism related to one's job and reduced professional efficacy. I think um, it's the best definition I've read of burnout mm-hmm. out there. Uh, and I've read a lot, obviously, in doing the research for this and, and just in all the other stuff we talk about, but this gives you sort of the basis for what we're talking about when we talk about burnout. And when we talk about Overwhelm. So, you know, of course, to define overwhelm, it's to overpower in thought or feeling. Everyone kind of knows what that feels like, but to your a definition of it, I think, um, changes that a little bit. And then advocacy, of course, is the act or process of supporting a cause or proposal, um, the act of advocating. So, uh, those are our sort of foundational definitions. I want to talk statistics for a second because um, these are just awful. And I think, <laughs> I think we all need to understand where people are at right now. So according to APA's 2021 work and well-being survey of 1500 U S adult workers, 79% of employees had experienced work-related stress in the month before the survey, nearly three in five employees reported negative impacts of work-related stress, including lack of interest, motivation, or energy. That's 26% and lack of effort at work. That's 19%. Meanwhile, 36% reported cognitive weariness, 32% reported emotional exhaustion, and an astounding 44% reported physical fatigue, a 38% increase since 2019. So we know that loneliness is now an epidemic, right? I would argue that burnout is similarly reaching epidemic proportions, but it's also directly connected to all that loneliness and all that feeling of isolation. Um, So, you know, burnout can also lead to depression and anxiety. And I think people don't realize that it's all, all connected. And sometimes we don't know what we're experiencing in the, in the moment. So that's why I want to put the definition out there so we can at least
0: understand what is it,
1: what's happening? Like, what are people experiencing?
0: Yeah, I think, um, you know, I think there is, we've talked before, like words like trauma, how there can be a um, cultural, you know, kind of a pop culture use of the word, and then Mm -hmm. there can be like the actual use of the word. And I think that, frankly, in most cases, um, when I've heard somebody use the word burnout, they're being accurate, Right. Like, like this is one of those instances that people are exhausted. And I think I even said to you, so we're, <clears throat> we're recording this, um, the week that, and I hope, so this is coming out a couple weeks from now. And I really hope there's only one week <laughs> that this happened and they're not like, Oh, which week was the air quality so bad because of the Canadian <laughs> fires. Um, so hopefully this is, does not, uh, you know, age poorly, but the week that the, um, That the air quality was really bad. And I think I said to you, Riley, like, it's somewhat shocking that um, we have to live in what feels like a post-apocalyptic world and still, like, do all the normal things that we still have to do. Yeah. Like, and I think that um, that is what there is still a carryover because when... When COVID ended, and I use that term loosely. Right. Um, but when COVID ended, it wasn't like, okay, y'all, we're going to take two months off and we're all just going to like take turns manning a local farmers market and grocery store. So we've got that covered and like gas station. But otherwise, we're just going to chill out and like regroup and take some time where we can be with our family without having to do online work and online right. school. We didn't, we didn't do that. Right. And then, um, you know, there's an, an attack right now on, um, the LGBTQ plus community and, you know, the N C. oh my gosh, I am not speaking correctly today. The NAACP, um, you know, issued a warning to go to Florida and for, you know, black and brown and LGBTQ plus members of our community. And, um, I mean, literally this week there was a the murder of a black woman that was basically like, yeah, right there is why it is not safe to be a black person in Florida right now. And so no one's like, okay, that was a really rough month. Um, we're going to take a break. And I think that um, that makes it so that when people use the term burnout, they are often very much meaning burnout. Yeah. Um, and I, I do look back on other generations and I'm thinking like, okay, well, you know, the 20s weren't rocking. I mean, there was that brief time, but like um, where they were roaring, but I'm starting to believe that that was just like made up based on the Yeah, fact- that's just a PR campaign, I think. <laughs> I really think so because they had the flu at the beginning and they had the the crash at the end. I, I yeah. don't know when there was roaring in the middle. I really think it was a lie and it was just movies or something- um moving pictures um but you know i i look back though on these other um generations and i think well they, you know they had to deal with other stuff they had to deal with polio they had to deal with this they had to deal with that um and this is not to dismiss all those things cuz obviously all of those are very real concerns but the evidence shows that the amount of stress that people are under right now is astronomically high and mm-hmm. part of it is because we know more in that we just have access to more information. Yes. And, so, it's, and it's constant. The information yes, influx is And that constant. is the second thing, is that we are not reading the newspaper once in the morning and listening to a radio once at night. We are not getting all of the same information. We're getting different information. And we're getting, we don't know who to trust anymore. And there's not one Walter Cronkite that we can all go to and trust and believe. And, you know, whether these things were pretend and maybe we were all believing things we shouldn't have believed right We're not we believed them right we thought plastic was like the greatest invention ever and we thought, you know and we thought that like it was a great idea to lather baby oil on our skin and now you know my older son says to my younger son don't fight putting on sunscreen I don't want you to get skin cancer and it's right. like okay like that's a lot of you know Information. We have a lot of information and it's very hard to stop the flow of information. And so I really think that, yeah, a lot of people say I'm burned out and they are accurate.
1: Yeah. Well, and, you know, the flow of information is often the worst of the worst, right? Like it's not as if the news is focusing by and large on the positive events that do happen in the world, they are focusing on the worst moment in any given day um, and getting, you know, and, and using it to make money. So we could go for days on that topic and multiple episodes, I think, but, um, but you know, burnout itself, like in, so when we're talking about burnout within the community of women in politics or women in advocacy roles, we're often talking about what's known as the culture of martyrdom, right? Most not most, I, I don't want to generalize like that, but you know, a lot of activists have heightened sense of responsibility for what is happening in the world. And that's why they're doing the things they're doing, right? Like that's why you're becoming a politician. That's why you're an advocate. That's why you're an activist. That's why you're protesting. That's why you're, you know, working for a nonprofit, The because you care about what's happening in the world. You are an empathic human, right? Um, but taking taking that culture of martyrdom on is where we run into a lot of trouble because no one human is going to fix all the problems no one human is going to take you know 24 hours in a day and solve all the issues that we are facing but as you were just saying tova it is so overwhelming if you take a holistic look at all yeah. of the things that are happening that aren't right that aren't okay that are not good for you know, the planet for people, for equal rights, for women, for children, like if you start to like list it all out, that's where you wind up just completely overwhelmed. And you start to spin in that hamster wheel kind of way of like, oh my God, okay, the fires are burning the, the all the forest, there's going to be no oxygen, climate change, uh, people are getting murdered because they don't have, you know, like white Christian skin. And so- <laughs> Which I don't. It's not a real like whatever. Um, <laughs> just gonna let that go. Uh, you know, it, it, the the idea that you can stop the train by working and working and working until
0: yeah. you collapse is dangerous and unhealthy. Well, and I think with women, especially, yeah. Well, there's a few things, a few thoughts, but with women, especially, we are we are adding the cultural like martyrdom of if I work hard enough, if I do enough. Yeah. But we're also adding this layer of not asking for help. Like I was talking to a mom yesterday and her kids walk home from school. And I said, um, and they they were nervous about walking home from school in the orange haze that was our day. And I said, yeah. you know, next time there's like an air quality crisis or even just like pouring down weather, like I can give your kids a ride home. And she's like, well, I just hate to ask for help. And I said, don't like just ask for help and I will help. Right. It's That's not a big deal. And I, you know, I've had to have other mothers say that to me where yeah. I once needed uh, my youngest to be picked up from school. And a mom said that she could pick him up. And then she's like, yeah, I don't actually have to pick up my kids until later, but I can pick him up. It's fine. And I was like, well, no, no, no. I don't want you to get out of your way to help my son. And she was like, but I can, like, I can do it today. It's no big deal. It fits in my schedule. Let me help you. And so I think that a layer that women especially bring to this, that, that men don't, frankly, is that desire, like, we don't want to ask for help. And right. You never want to be a burden, right? Right. We don't want to be a burden. And then I think another layer, and this, this looks more to sort of advocacy and- the world of nonprofits and the world of politics is there is a whole level of scarcity thinking that is brought to it all. Mm-hmm. And I know that this became particularly clear to me. I mean, I thought about it, but I really thought about it until we did the lawyer mom's letter writing back in 2018. And we were able to work with a variety of Nonprofit organizations because we weren't anything yet. At the time, we were just a group of women and and men, just a group of people that were writing letters. And we could partner with anyone because we were not in competition for anyone's money. And even now, I mean, anytime we do anything, we're always raising on behalf of other organizations. Um, but there is a, a and there's a scarcity because. In order to get money, you have to write grants and it takes a lot of work and there's a lot of money out there, but it's hard to get to. And so it feels like there's not a lot of money out there and you have to convince people. And so there's a whole level of scarcity in, you know, advocacy and politics. Like right now, our town council elections are in the spring and we're looking to move them to the fall as a maybe, as a big maybe. And one of the reasons not to is will people fund school board elections and town council elections at the same time. Like will people give money to both of those at the same time? Right. And then if not are you only basically including people running who can self-fund? And that eliminates a lot of people right. who could, I mean almost everybody in the town. So, you know, there's 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 the martyrdom and the burnout and the scarcity and it, it holds a lot of us from participating in advocacy and activism and politics.
1: Yeah. There's one more layer I want to talk about too, which is the organizational culture of martyrdom, right? Where oftentimes, not always, but oftentimes uh, nonprofits are understaffed, underpaid, undervalued, right? And so the amount of pressure being put, whether intentionally or not, the amount right. of pressure being put on individuals who work in these organizations to perform and to produce is much higher than an organization where you, you know, it's fully funded and fully staffed, and um, where you know, like a, a regular corporation where um, they are making money hand over fist, and in theory, and so they can pay people what they need to pay them, and in again, in theory, people can work normal quote normal hours. Um, But I think that, you know, there is some level of that culture within a lot of um, social justice organizations, a lot of political campaigns, you know, it's the idea that you will just continuously work until you can't possibly work anymore because everything's so urgent and there's not enough people and not enough time in the day. Um, You know, and then, of course, the other the other aspect to that that I think is really important is when there's infighting within organizations, which is, you know, pretty common because these are emotional issues that people are talking about, right? They're emotional issues and people argue and people misunderstand. And that on top of the already emotional work you're doing is it, 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 it's hard to sustain. It's hard to deal with, um, so when you have an organization that hasn't built in safety structures to address these kinds of issues, then you know you're going to wind up having a much higher rate of burnout. Um, so I think it's important to note that systemically there are issues within politics, within advocacy that impact the often women that are working within those fields.
0: And one um, of the um... sorry, go ahead. I was just say, we should take a quick break. Yeah. But before that, just one of the things also, and I don't have these statistics in front of me, I don't think, unless I missed them on the outline, but I don't have them in my head. Um, it, you know, women are the primary volunteers. Yes. Women are the primary. When women get rich, they donate at a much higher rate than men who are wealthy. Right. Um. So women are the ones that are the primary workers in nonprofits. Not only, they're the primary workers, especially in the last couple um Camp uh, political cycles. Yeah, they've been the primary volunteers. So, um, and by the way, nothing gets taken off a, a person's plate, a mother's plate, when they add other things on it. Right. And so, there's a reason that this is affecting, you know, women disproportionately within the country.
1: Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And um, we should take another break. So let's do that real quick. When we come back, let's talk about how we can prevent burnout from happening, and also what to do if you find yourself in the position where you're in an organization or you're running for office or you're working on a campaign and you are just like at the end of your rope. So we'll take a quick break and we will be right back. In case you didn't already know,
0: we love talking. True story, more than simply talking, We love researching, prepping, and bringing this podcast to life. We launched We Go Boldly with
1: the goal of reaching people, dealing with the kinds of questions and concerns that we also face.
0: Things like how to hear my inner voice, how to make sure my habits are worth it and stick, how do I feel my feelings and still manage to function. After years of personal work and
1: lots of trial and error, we realized we have a lot to share
0: on these topics. Now we've been broadcasting for over a year and we are proud of our podcast. And uh, to no one's
1: surprise, we still have a lot to say and talk about.
0: We sure do. We need your help to keep going. Every episode takes time and money to create and we would love your support. So if you like what we are doing, Please
1: support us by joining our Patreon community and becoming a monthly subscriber.
0: Join our Patreon community today at Patreon.com/slash We Go Boldly. We are so grateful to all of our supporters. Now back to the show. All right, welcome back
1: to the show, everyone. Before the break, we uh, mentioned we're going to start talking about what we can do to prevent these feelings of burnout, and you know just. Overwhelm that we all find ourselves in from time to time. And then, you know, if you do feel that you are burnt out or you're just shutting down, we can talk about what we can do to deal with that. So, um, first off, when we're talking about preventing burnout, when I was doing the research, there are like, as always a million listicles of like the 45 things you should do to prevent burnout, which, um, in my opinion, just made me more overwhelmed and stressed. So <laughs> I pulled out a few that you know made a lot of sense to me. But if this is something you are into, Google it because there is so much information about how to prevent burnout in in you know the universe of Google. So um, the first thing that I found that was interesting to me is this idea of setting up a daily assessment. So if you either you know like in the morning when you get up and get ready to start the day. Or towards the end of the day when you're winding down, sort of do a mental assessment of what is going on in your life, map out things you can't control that are causing you anxiety or stress. Maybe, you know, write them down if you can, and then make a plan to deal with either your feelings about these things if it's stuff you truly cannot control, or, you know, what can you do? Personally, to relieve some of that stress and anxiety, right? Like, what things are causing you so much, you know, angst that you just like think about it on a on a on a loop and and make a plan to start to deal with those things.
0: And part of the purpose of this is really just building self awareness. Well, and when you do it daily, so it sounds really overwhelming. Like, how am I going to do that every single day? Right. And you know, probably the first day it's going to take a while. Right. But when you do a daily check in, um, and you know, maybe more often than once a day, honestly, um, it, it doesn't get as long and drawn out as one would think because yeah, you checked in the day before, <laughs> like you're like, you know, and, and you can set a goal for the next day. I'm going to do this. So I'm going to do that. And so, um, I think that, it, it sounds like a lot, but it it can cut down on those like once a month, like how do I do this month? Well, that's a lot to break down, but once a day is a lot easier. It actually, you know, as,
1: as you were saying, it actually makes it less burdensome if you do yeah. it every day, because then it can be five minutes of like, all right, listen, I've overextended myself in in uh, my kid's school and I have overextended myself at work and I've said yes to too many projects. And then you can sort of go from there. Right. And then the next day it might still be, I'm overextended at one of those things. I haven't addressed that yet. So it could be a lot
0: faster than, than you might be thinking otherwise. Um, it's also, I know we have so much more to share and this is like the first one. (laughs) But it's also a really great way, um, especially as women, as moms, people who are working from home, a lot of the advocacy work, even if you're working somewhere not in your home, um, a lot of the advocacy work is done at home. So if you can build in some daily assessments that break up, like, and this is something that I will say I am not good at, but they're in my planner. So maybe by the end of the year, I will be good at them. But like breaking up the, okay, that was when I was working. And now this is when I'm home. And um I have a tendency not, uh, I really work hard not to multitask and I'm I'm pretty good at not multitasking, but I, on a small level, but I have the tendency to multitask on a big level, which means like, I will still be sort of trying to get some work done because my kids are playing outside. And then I think I can do those two things at once and it's not actually, it's not realistic. Right. And so I think sometimes building in some of these daily assessments can actually count as a time separator as a boundary between finishing one part of your day and starting another one.
1: Yeah, you know what I think we'll do is I think we'll throw together um a PDF for everyone that they can download from our website and just, you know, there'll be like a few questions on it and to ask yourself and it will help you sort of start this process of a daily assessment that um so it doesn't feel so overwhelming because sometimes figuring yeah. out where to start is the is the hardest part, right? Um and then the uh, the next thing that I want to talk about is it, it's more planning. So if you are somebody who just flies by the seat of your pants, you may not love these, but I would encourage you to think about it anyway. So this is uh, engaging in wellness planning, and there are four aspects that that I that they talked about when I was reading about this, and that is your heart, your body, your mind, and your community. So your interpersonal needs, your needs from social relationships. Um, which I think it's left off the list often. You know, it doesn't doesn't always make it on there. Um, But the idea behind this is to think about what you need in those three aspects of your life and plan for them, right? Build it into your schedule. Add it to, you know, if you time block, add it to your time block. If you just, you know, if you use um, a Google calendar, add it to your calendar. Whatever it is that you do to organize your life, make sure that you're adding in time to take care of your personal wellness.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm, I'm like thinking about how to do this in my life as we're talking and I'm like, Okay. Yeah. So
1: it's it's hard. I mean, these things are hard, and it's hard to be consistent, and it's hard to continuously do it. And you know, we're we all fall off the wagon sometimes. Like I fell off my meditation practice for a while, and I was like, "Oh, why do I feel so foggy? Why am I so grumpy? Like, what's (laughs) happening?" That's nicer. You're like, "Why am I grumpy?" I'm like, "Why are my kids so awful?" (laughs) Well, there's that too. I was trying not to throw them under the bus today, just for today. Um, (laughs) But you Um, know, and when I got back to it, I. Yeah. I felt much better and that's of course our next step in preventing burnout is to try meditation. Particularly body scan meditation which yeah. is literally what it what it sounds like, right? It's a full scan of your entire body that you do inside your mind. Um and the reason this is great for preventing burnout is because you can pick out where you're holding stress, you know, you can find in your inside yourself like oh, I'm holding stress in my neck and my shoulders. Okay. I'm going to start stretching that. Tova's stretching right now. I was now. like, can anyone hear you <laughs> say that without trying to actually without stretch their shoulders? It, right? Yeah. Um, but it also connects you to your body in a way that we often are not. And that is super, super important when we're talking about preventing burnout, you know, because if you are two separate entities, it, you you're, you're gonna you're not going, <laughs> I can't get the words out today. If you're well, two separate entities, you're going to struggle to feel good.
0: Well, and let's be honest, every newer study that is not totally like ensconced in Western medicine goes to say that you're not two separate entities. like you right. you actually aren't. You may think you are, but you're not. right. And so, um, also getting back to this concept of like the the burnout of it all, you know, we both read the burnout book Mm -hmm. and a lot of this is because we are staying in a constant cycle of stress and we never get the resolution. And the, you know, the example they talked about was the lion is chasing you, right? You're a cave woman and the lion is chasing you or the tiger or something is chasing you. And you either like, right, whatever. Um, the monkeys, I don't know. And you either like make it into the cave and you're good or you know you don't right and but either way it ends you complete the cycle you, you complete, complete the stress the cycle, cycle. <laughs> and um instead what happens right now is because for the most part it's um not aligned it's like oh okay so so now we're worrying about our air quality but that's going to be like an indefinite thing that we have to <laughs> right like should i just keep the app on my phone with the EPA guidance about air quality now is that like so that's what we're doing. Okay. So now I am in a stress cycle as it relates to like, do I open my windows? Cause we're in the yellow. Are we always in the yellow? And I just didn't know it. Cause no one <laughs> talked about it, right. which by the way, we weren't, I, I did some Googling and found um, what our average was, but I was like, are we mostly in the green? Like I am now in a stress cycle that unless I resolve it, right. And yes. I complete the cycle, it will stay open. And I don't mean to say that I can resolve clean air. Um, although uh, support elected officials who support the EPA, but um, I can resolve this specific stress stress cycle. There's a lot of ways to do it, right? There's exercise, there's dance parties, there's deep breaths, there's sex. I don't know, whatever your favorite is. Um, Like all of it, all All of of it, it, all of it. Um, but meditation, you know, there's lots of different things you can do, but the reason we're talking about this is because essentially what burnout is, and your definition is better than this, but it's basically being trapped in stress cycles that never end. Yeah. And also having the response to a, you know, I hope this email finds you well. And it's like, no, Karen, it doesn't (laughs) like, and now that triggers a new response site, you know, that meme that's like, I, I, you know this stress cycle is supposed to be the adrenaline push or whatever supposed to be for like lions not for re- e- emails yeah but we're in these stress cycles so a lot of this is because you can actually complete the cycle of some stre- of your stress cycles and that right. does help burnout significantly but
1: the i think importantly just to highlight this it has to be intentional you have to actually <laughs> For, force yourself. You have to go out of your way to complete the stress cycle. It's not going to just magically happen. Um, anyone can email back to like, respond to your email. Right. It just happens. Right. <laughs> um, all right. So just a couple more ways to prevent burnout. And then we'll talk about what do we do when we are burnt out? Uh, so I like this idea of keeping a win list. So especially if you are an advocate and you, you're playing a long game, right? So keeping a win list of whatever small successes, whether it's like a congressman emailed me back or I, you know, got a good tweet, whatever it is, keeping those in a list that you can then go back to when you're having an off day, when you're having a day where everything has gone to crap or you didn't get the response you wanted, right? When you have that day, you can go back to your win list and remind yourself Mm -hmm. that, okay, yep, this is bad. However, all these other things are good, right? Like I've, I've, I've managed my way through and I've gotten all of these other wins for myself or for whatever my cause, whatever it is. And so this is going to be okay. Like this day will
0: pass. I think and we, oh, what did you gonna say?
1: Oh, I was just going to say, I think it's a great way to celebrate the incremental change that is inherent to any kind of social justice, uh, environmental justice, any
0: kind of justice in general. Well, I think, I think you're right. Cause it can get very discouraging when you try to hit a home run and you hit a single. Yeah. And you know, home runs are awesome and we love home runs, but we're not going to win on home runs. Nobody actually wins on home runs. So we need good defense. We need singles. Yay. Baseball. But like, (laughs) It's going to be little by little, and I think you're right. I think having that win list, and then also it reminds you. And we just had, I think it was just last week, um, Original Lewis on, and she talked about you know writing down and reminding herself when she has gotten through something difficult, because then when she's in the difficult thing, she knows that she's going to get through it because she did it before. Right, it doesn't discount your feelings. it doesn't discount your frustration, but it's a reminder that oh i'm I'm in it. So the win list is great for you know, it can be you know I <laughs> like it is a win to survive one of the worst days of your life. That's a win, like write it down, man, be like, I got through this, yeah, like someone gave me coffee cake for free, and I made it through, whatever right. the case might be. and so, yeah, I think that is a is a great one, and it does remind you of what you have done, yeah.
1: And, you know, just one more thing I'm going to put out there. Well, two more. One is you have to create healthy boundaries in your life. You have to be willing to say no or yes, depending on the scenario. You have to be willing to tell people what's really happening in your life, how you're actually feeling. And, require that other people treat your boundaries with respect and require that you treat your boundaries with respect because you deserve that. Like you deserve to have that in your life, Um, but it requires you to intentionally do it. And the other thing I want to mention is participating in collective efforts. So this goes a little counterintuitive to what we were saying before about how sometimes in a group setting, you know, there's infighting and there's issues like that. But when you're working with like-minded individuals to achieve something that you all are passionate about, that you all care about, it is bolstering, right? It helps you feel stronger in what you're doing. So participating in these kinds of collective efforts, whether it's like, you know, once a week, you have a group that gets together and writes postcards, or once a week, you do phone banking, or, you know, knock doors with somebody or whatever it is, get that group around you and make that part of your support system.
0: And celebrate. I mean, we talk about this, and I know we're going to go on to what happens, and and I know we need to wrap this up because we yeah. could go obviously on and on about this. But celebrate, celebrate. So, and I'm going back to last week's interview as well. So I hope I get the order of our our uh, <laughs> podcasts, our episodes. I yeah, think I, I have think them you're. Down. I think you have it. Right. I think I'm on it. I think but so. um, celebrate good campaigns, even if you lose. Yeah. Highlight what you did well. Highlight what change you made. Highlight, you know, celebrate you know, if your fundraising goal is $50,000 and you hit $45,000, you hit $45,000. You raised $45,000. Like celebrate everything you can and do it with the people in your life that are working with you. So if you have a great calendar year, ups and downs, some things went well, end it with dinner out or drinks out or breakfast out or whatever, whatever you like to do, a nice right. walk. Um but celebrate and celebrate and celebrate because it is a long, long road. And I think I'm starting to realize that maybe birthdays are just because like, it's a long road and it's more fun with cake. (laughs) Like, I don't know. I think that's like a good bumper sticker. It's a long road and it's more fun to cake. If any bakery wants to use that, just reach out. (laughs) Love it. I love it.
1: Um, yes. And I, and I agree with all of that. So let's talk real quick. Uh, because like you said, Toa, we could talk about this apparently for a very long time. But let's talk about what do we do when we are burnt out. And number one on the list is finding a professional to help you. Um, therapy is your friend. There, Good therapists are, are there to help you deal with all of these feelings and work through them and sort of help reset your mental state. Uh, we can't say it enough times. Find a good therapist.
0: Yes. Yes, please.
1: Yeah. Um, Also, like Tova was saying earlier, make time to rest, right? Like if you are burnt out, if you're feeling the, if you're seeing the signs of burnout in your life, you have to give yourself permission to stop and rest and real rest not like I'm gonna rest on the couch with my laptop and answer emails like actual rest.
0: Yeah, so let's just be clear. Um there will be time this weekend where I cuz this, this is I think it's Friday and I think this is the weekend almost. So there are going to be time this weekend where I'm going to be thinking about my to-do list and I'm going to say, "Oh, I want to get on this, I want to do this, I want to do this." And I'm not going to do it cuz that happens every weekend. And what I need to do is say, "You know what? I think I'm too tired. I don't think I'm going to get any work on this done tonight. So I'm going to put the to-do list away." Because that gives me time off. What doesn't give me time off is even if I literally do nothing, just like I would do anyway, but I'm thinking about the to-do list and I'm, oh, I should grab this or, oh, my laptop's all the way over there. Oh, I need to do this. That's not time off. So your brain needs a break. Your body needs a break and your brain needs a break and you deserve the break. So take the break.
1: (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Um, All right. A couple other things quickly. So I've said this before, I'll probably say it multiple times. You have to say no. You have to say no, even if it's something you want to do, even if you know you could do a good job at it, even if you know it's like right up your alley, but you just don't have time or you're actually burnt out, then you have to be willing to say no and trust in the universe that someone else will do it, that you are not the sole Person who is going to solve the world's crises, crises. However, you I'm say that. I'm telepathically word. sending this to Diane Feinstein. <laughs> um, so you know, just be willing to say no. Uh, schedule time for reflection and self care. Scheduling is like a lifesaver. It, even if you don't like to schedule, if you put it in there and put a reminder in your phone, and it pops up, and it's like you're supposed to be resting. Um, or you're supposed to be meditating or whatever it is, it will help you build that routine. And then one of the biggest and hardest things to do if you are in politics or advocacy in any way is to disentangle your sense of self from your work. It is very hard to do because the reality is you're probably pursuing this work because you believe in it and it aligns with your personal values, your core sense of self. But on the flip side of that, If your identity is your job, or your activism, or your running for office, what happens when you don't win, right? What happens when your organization goes under? Or what happens when you you don't get those big successes that you've been working towards for years? Your identity takes a hit, right? And that is much different than saying, oh, you know, I just, I I really wanted to win this court case and I've been working on it for
0: a long time and it didn't work out. That's There are two different things. Also, and this is sort of the flip side of that. When you become so emotionally involved and your sense of self is connected to the work, you are not as effective as you could be. You are just not going to be effective. I mean, I heard David Hogue, speak yesterday on in an interview who started march of our lives yeah march for our lives and you know he was present in a what npr described as a school massacre right nothing could be more personal to him and he still has a staff he still has people who do things and help him he i hope um and i assume because he actually also went to college during this time um did not take on every task did not do everything because he cared more like right. he gave space for other people to participate, and I don't know that I'm just based on the fact that he talked about his staff. Um, and so, you cannot be the best person for the cause if your sense of self is so tied into um, into the cause. Right. So it's you need to do it for both both reasons,
1: right? Um. So uh, just you know. I, I I don't know. I want to go back to that one because it's so important, but we'll probably do a we'll whole other there. episode yeah. on it. Uh, talk about your distress, right? Talk about what's happening. Find somebody you can speak to. If it's a therapist, great. If it's a coach, awesome. We're here. Um, if it's your friends or your coworkers or your parents, whoever it is, talk about what's happening because you are not an island and you do not have to isolate yourself into whatever feelings you're having it is so helpful to air them out. Um, and then, uh, you know, I think a lot of these are are repetitive from preventing burnout. So, you know, celebrating small victories, creating and connecting with a support network com- and creating a mindfulness practice all really are things that if we do them consistently will help us feel better. Um, and then, you know, finally, I think recognizing that, different levels of involvement for different seasons of your life are okay. You don't have to be in charge all the time. You don't have to be um, all in all the time. I mean, you might be values wise, which is important, but like time wise, you don't have to be all in all the time. Mm -hmm. Sometimes Mm -hmm. you, you need to step back because you know, your kid's sick or you've got, you know, you're trying to get a degree or you're something's going on. And that's, totally normal and okay. And the world will not fall apart because you, Sally, did not do the one thing all the time.
0: Yep. hundred percent. And then I I do want to, I mean, I know there's a lot more we can say here, but I want to, we need to wrap it up. And I just want to highlight part of the reason or the reason we are, you know, bringing back not that it didn't really go anywhere, but bringing back Moms Running and highlighting these aspects of it is because this is really hard to do and it's incredibly important to do. And so this is why we are going to work on creating some of that. And and in many ways, Riley, you've already created that community with Moms Running. And now it's just a matter of supporting them from a different angle. So, yeah. um, you know, this is why we are... Introduce. This is why we felt like it was time that we kind of not merge because it's going to be its own thing, but bring some of the things that we super care about in We Go Boldly and the Go Boldly initiative to moms running, um, because all of the you know the, these lists go on and on, and it's different for everyone, and it's a challenge for everyone, and so you have to figure out what's best for you individually. Um, but that's where, in addition to therapy, coaching can certainly play a really important role.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know if you find yourself in you know in the midst of all of this and you're going maybe I'm burnt out maybe I'm not I don't want to I don't know what I want to do next I maybe I want to leave my organization maybe I want to run for office reach out because we are here we have a lot of ex- personal very personal experience yeah. in this world and we want you to succeed. We want more advocates out there. We want more moms running for office, more women running for office, more people working towards equality and justice and peace and you know health, all of these things. And to the extent that we can help support people doing that very important work, we want to. Mm-hmm. Um so you you know feel free to reach out to us. And um I think we'll wrap it up here. We're going to your homework this week is a little different. We have um, a Facebook group called the Moms Running Network. We would love for you to join it if you are an activist in any way, if you are running for office, if you are um, in an advocacy role of some sort, if you're a volunteer and this speaks to you, please join our uh, Facebook group. You can find us at Moms Running Network and um, get tuned in, get connected, and we'll keep posting things in there to help sort of highlight what we're doing, but also what other folks are doing. And then finally, if you are really, really struggling and um, you know, you've got the therapist, you're thinking about life coaching, but you just want a group to talk to, uh, join our weekly women's circle because whether you're an advocate or not, it is a great place to find support in other women and other humans navigating this insane time that we live in. Um, We would love to have you, you can find all the links on our website. You can find uh, the Moms Running website at moms-running.com. And, um, you know, we hope you will come over and check it out and we'll see you there and you can let us know what, you know, what it is that you're working on.
0: Yeah, that's about it. So we will be back next week. All right. Thanks, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to We Go Boldly podcast. We know you're busy and we love spending time with you. If you enjoyed this week's episode, let us know. Head to Apple Podcasts right now to rate and review
1: our show. While you're there, be sure to click that subscribe button.
0: Want more us time? Follow us on all the socials at Go Boldly Together.
1: Want even more us time? As in all the coaching pizzazz, find us at
0: GoBoldlyInitiative.com for all the info. We will be back with more excitement, research, and deep thoughts next week. Until then, keep on
1: being the bold brave, amazing people we know you already are.